0: You are about to enjoy a presentation recorded at the 2021 Michigan Conference Camp Meeting held at Cedar Lake, Michigan. We pray that the Lord will bless you as you listen. Father, thank you for gifting us with another day of life, and we ask for your Holy Spirit to be here in a very
1: special way. Bless each person that's here. Open our hearts to receive the message and to be able to apply it to our lives in just the way that you would have us do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Debbie. Well,
0: one of the things I want to make sure is that You recognize that we are going to be working hard in this seminar because you're going to be doing some of the skills that we're going to be practicing. Does that sound good? Now, you might all go, well, I'm only here because my dog has anxiety when I leave the house. Or, you know, my niece has anxiety and I don't really need this seminar. I'm sorry. You're here and I expect you to work. (laughs) Okay? They can't fire me
2: you get what you know I um, pay for well, okay,
0: but anyway, I want you to know that we are going to we're one of these this part of this seminar is not just information this is about we're going to do some work in here because do you see the the um oh no, you don't see it did it change on its own anyway, do you see what the, what is the name what does mastering mean? I like all of those. You guys did a great job. All of you, we can change anxiety significantly by the way we think and we act. And because God um, is here to help us, we can do a lot of things about anxiety. A lot of people feel that they have no power and control over anxiety there are many people that get significantly better and sometimes have no anxiety at all if they will practice some of the things that we're going to be working on. Is that encouraging? Yes. Today is the first day of the rest of your life, right? No, wait. This is the day the Lord and we can rejoice and be glad in it. And every day is a new day to start new things. And so I just want to encourage you that we are going to have some really good times. So anxiety can feel a bit overwhelming. Would you agree? And it not only impacts how we feel, but it impacts the people around us, and also it can make our lives very small. Um, I think of somebody that I've been working with right now. I'm a, an online counselor, and I have somebody in the West Coast, and I talk to her, which I love it because it's all Adventists, and so they talk my language. They know what Ellen White means, and you know all these. These slogans that we have, like PUC. I was a graduate of PUC, and I ate chocolates. And no, yeah. there's something. There's something about when you talk to other people, they're like, "Whoa, yeah." And so, um, this lady had had a really difficult medical problem, and she had some heart issues. But because of her heart issues, she decided. What happens when you have a medical problem? What happens with the way you think? people start thinking, I wonder if I'm going to die. And so as she started to think she was going to die, she started to get more threatened and upset. And so instead of um, playing with her kids and taking them to the park, she'll only work with them in the house. And then instead of playing the piano at her church, she's so afraid that she's going to have an anxiety attack. And And then her husband wanted to go on vacation. He wanted to go to a natural park. And she's like, there's not enough doctors out there, and I can't get to the ER. So what happened is her life that was full and active started to get really small. And you will see that that's exactly what our anxiety can do. And it's very important for us to recognize that anxiety is paralyzing if we think of it that way, but we can function when we are um, anxious. And we need to have some self-care. Most of us, um, if Let me say that a lot of people are pretty apathetic when they have something like anxiety. They just think, it'll just go away, or, you know, if I just do this, this, it'll just, you know, probably I'll grow out of it. Some of you are 80, and, like, you're not going to grow out of it. (laughs) Like, you might die, and then you won't feel it anymore. But, you know, I'm just like, we need to have quality of life, and so it's very important to keep working on it. And so um, if you had cancer, you usually don't go, well, I just wonder if I'll grow out of it. Or, you know, like you don't say that. You go to the doctor and you get help, and a lot of people are not doing what they need to do, and so they're living with it, and it impacts their family. Can you tell me how could it impact somebody's family? Oh, you were listening. Yeah, it can make your life smaller. It can keep you from family things that you should be doing it can absolutely it causes pain to people who have to watch it right have you ever seen somebody who's got sick in front of you or is in pain and struggling like you and parents usually go "If only I could take it over for my kids we just have a hard time so it really does hurt us
1: and guess what anxiety physically hurts your body I forgot that I'm supposed to mention it. So yes, if you are having a problem,
0: your kids can start to mimic the same problem. Absolutely true. So how many people out of 10 do you think will complain about anxiety in the United States today? Well, now nine is really good, but that's not—that's too good. It's six, six. So like 60% of our population is having anxiety. That's more than half. Do you recognize this is now, this is like the disease that's taking over the world. This is not like, people usually go to the doctors because they have headaches or because they have stomach aches or whatever. Like now it's anxiety. And I notice that when I get referrals from my online counseling thing, almost every one of them is about anxiety. Depression is still an issue, but anxiety is way over the top. It is the most common mental health disorder and it can cause mental health problems. So that's really hard. Actually, they said that more than, way more than 18% of our population had it in the 70s and 80s and now it's just going way up. Do you think there's anything that's making it go up? What's it been like in the last 20 months? Huh? Has it been stressful? So if you actually had no anxiety, you might have started to make anxiety. And if you had some anxiety, it's getting greater now. And so we have a different layer of it. And, oh, here's something that I, Dr. Daniel Amen. How many of you have heard his name? Dr. Daniel Amen. Can you say amen? Amen. See, that's his name. You can look him up on YouTube. He's actually married to a Loma Linda graduate. He's a Christian neuropsychiatrist and child psychiatrist. And he actually looks at the brain. And there are many videos, and you'll be spellbound. And I've been in classes with him. And so I really enjoy him. And I also think that what he says is very significant. I see that Dr. Phil is using him now. And public channels are using him for their infomercials and stuff. But he said that um, he was looking at just the stats Um, a year ago, in March, after the COVID started, and he said that they said antidepressants, anti-anxiety medications, and sleep medications jumped 34%. And he said that if you watch it in six months, he said you might see that double, because people are not healthy. Now, one of the things I love about my online thing, I shouldn't be talking about it so much, but because I have people from international places, Belgium, Japan, Korea, Nepal, um Indonesia, Singapore, like they're all going through the same things as us. Do you don't you always feel like we're alone on the quarantine? They're all going through these same things, but they're doing much better with it than the Americans are. Americans are like, this is not fair, and I don't have to do this, and nobody can tell me what to do. I'm like, they don't even feel that way. They're like, okay, we get to have some downtime with our family. And I'm like, we're the ones who seem to be concerned. And Dr. Amen said, we are not coping. We are like one of the countries that is coping the poorest with this quarantine. Do you agree? If I asked you how did the pandemic change your life, you might have some answers. I probably could hear so I'm going to just tell you what mine is. And that is that um, in March last year, I was working for the conference office, ministerial department, and I got laid off because... Funds weren't coming in, right? Everything slowed down. So that's okay. That's how it is. My office, my I went to my office, and my um, co- I had two colleagues that I worked in my counseling office with, and one of them, she got lupus, and so she wasn't there in the evening, and she was always there. And then I had a guy on the other side of the wall. He was always there, so I didn't have any concerns about seeing people in the evenings, men, women, or whatever. But suddenly, it was quiet. And I called my colleague and said, where are you? And she said, oh, she said, you know, I've got lupus. And she said, I'm going through treatments. And I guess the anxiety of, you know, being home so much made everything worse. And so I don't know that I'm going to be really in the office as much as I was. So, okay. And then my other colleague died of COVID. So I closed my office in August. And I started just doing online things because I didn't want to be in my office alone with people. I just didn't think that was a good thing. So when we have issues with quarantine and and with anxiety, what are the fear what I'm sorry, what are the feelings that people are experiencing? Can you now men aren't really, I understand, very good with feeling words. Women are, but let's just practice. What are the feelings that men or women might experience during the COVID quarantine stuff? Fear would be number one, wouldn't it? Fear is a big one. Anything else? Impending doom. Unpredictability is a very big thing that makes us more anxious. People are out of control. Loneliness, yeah. Um, I, was, I did a, um, like a support group on the phone for people across the country that were having problems with COVID. People were talking about loneliness, being with their families too much, and so they were all getting annoyed with each other, you know, not enough space. And um, teachers were having a terrible time trying to do help people online, and the kids aren't paying attention, and then the parents come on, and they have to repeat everything all over again, and then, yeah, it just was really something. Not to be able to touch other people. No hugs or whatever. By the way, you get serotonin in your brain that makes you happy when you are actually looking people in the eye. But remember, we didn't get to do that much, right? At least we didn't have to
1: put a mask over our eyes, but we could see people. But anyway. What do we worry about? Okay.
0: She said everything. So really... Um, anxiety is cre- created by stress, changes, adjustments, etc., those kinds of things. So, what could they include? Don't look up there. <laughs> <laughs> what could they include? Think about something that was a change for you in the last year.
2: Unemployment, okay? Yeah, in my case, my husband was unemployed, but it's business here because
0: they have such low volume before. Yeah, business. Right? That was terrible. Anything else? Mm -hmm. Moving is a huge problem, right? Actually, I had a friend who moved to the West Coast and got there and hasn't met anyone because the churches are closed and the business is working from home that they finally got a job at and is so isolated and a whole year and still doesn't know anybody new. Go ahead, somebody else. Yeah. Change in your daily routine. If you were all of a sudden going to the office, connecting with people, had your little schedule, right? And then all of a sudden you're home. Um, Marital problems. Actually, parents never get happier than their kids are. So it's impacting you, isn't it? Yeah, it's really painful. And, And marital problems is certainly an issue. And when we started to lose our economic things, guess what? Our alcoholism went up. Our our um, pornography appetites went up, and um, using pot,
1: etc. Okay. Oh, I mean, we've suffered a lot. How many of you
0: knew somebody who died, or knew of somebody that died? Isn't that amazing? Like, like that just gave me the chills now. I'm just thinking, has there ever been a time in our lives when we have all known somebody that died from a pandemic like this is something unusual isn't it yes and actually i um we have a pastor's wife and she had to work during the pandemic um in the hospital and she said especially her older people um they couldn't hear her through her mask they couldn't see her very well they had their oxygen on so they couldn't they didn't know who she was, and she had to scream at them. They couldn't hear because they're they're hard of hearing they don't have their ear hearing aids in, and they had no family members there to hold their hand and that it was devastating to her
1: overload you're in the medical field, okay. You said your mother-in-law died of, of before covid
0: and then your dad died so so probably no funerals or
1: no memorials okay Mhm Wow so you you yeah We we did
0: a wedding during covid in our family it was like kind of interesting So I'm just saying that look at how many of you have gone through some stressors and changes Now, are stresses and changes necessary, natural? We have to learn to get through them, but when you have nobody around you to surround you because of the pandemic, that made it much harder, didn't it? So it is a big problem. So one of the, Diane, right now, the top sheet is anxiety triggers, and again, we're just going to pass that through. You look at it and pass it to the next person. I want you to know, What is on the website that you can get if you want to have that? And then we'll put some back there so they can pass them around, too. These are just so you
1: know what you can get on the website should you decide to do that.
2: Okay.
1: I'm, like, waiting for this to change here. I see what it's doing. Okay decided to uh, take every
0: word on there. Stress is the body's reaction to... Oh, wait. Stress is the body's reaction to... Wait, I'm going to say it a different way. Stress is the body's reaction to a threat, whereas anxiety is the body's reaction to stress. How many of you know that stress is normal, right? Can it be good? Do you get things done when you have a deadline? Is it nerve-wracking? Yeah. Can we make it even more nerve wracking by the way we think? Yeah, so we get a lot of things done by having stress, but then when we deal with it in a way that is not appropriate, like we keep saying to ourselves, I don't know if I can get this done, like we kind of continue to make it even more anxiety um, fulfilling. And then procrastination is when we put it off and then we go, oh no, I have to keep worrying about it. You know, some of you might sit on the couch and go, you know, I have to do the dishes, I have to do the dishes, I really need to do the dishes. If you did the dishes, you could relax on the couch, right? But instead, you have to keep telling yourself. Or men, like, I need to mow the lawn. I really need to mow the lawn. I, need, I haven't mowed the lawn in a long time. Oh, it's really getting so long, it's going to be hard. And then you don't do it, and it's more procrast. I mean, the procrastination has actually increased your anxiety. And if you have anxiety that you're constantly having, and it becomes a pattern, and that's how you're dealing with it, you can actually have a anxiety disorder. So then the next thing is that, um, remember how we talked about fight and flight? There, when you have a threat, you your body is on guard and it's ready to fight. That's a good thing. If you're chopping wood in the old days and a bear comes running out, wouldn't it be good to have... Um, the, the fight or flight instinct which is I have to get away from the bear or I have to chase the bear down Or did you see that lady in the video the other day where the bear came over the fence and tried to get her dog and she just shoved him back over <laughs> she was 16 I'm like that was a fight or flight reflex and I'm glad that she lived to tell the story and that people interviewed her on TV because that just didn't seem like a really good idea um, but anyhow if you continue to have that and you start to have medical issues from it it becomes an anxiety disorder if you start to have um... more full-blown reactions now you've got panic attacks panic attacks anybody know what the symptoms of a panic attack are heart racing, heart racing. anything else yeah. chest pains. it feels like heaviness. anything can't else breathe. can't breathe, can't breathe. <gasps> i've seen people having them in my office sweating um, not only all over your body, but your hands clammy. And by the way, I know if you have anxiety right now, just talking about it makes it worse, but we're going to get through it, okay? Just take a deep breath. Anything else? M-
1: passing,
0: out. passing out. Actually, they feel like they're passing out. They feel dizzy, but most people never pass out. They feel like they're going to pass out. Don't know. What else did you say? Racing thoughts. Racing thoughts. What if? What if? What's going to happen? What's the worst-case scenario? So what you see is
1: that these people are really having a lot of problems. Okay. Um,
0: I wanted to put a face with facts. So here I'm going to tell you about Anita. Anita, and she allows me to write this. So she's 61, and she was a germaphobe. Uh, you know how it is. Some people are just germaphobes, right? It wasn't a problem for her until the pandemic, and then um, she's a registered anesthes—wait, a registered anesthetist—and she was at a high risk of exposure because of her job of administering anesthesia to patients before surgery. And when she heard about the lack of personal protective
1: equipment for healthcare workers, she really started to get keyed up. Did you get that? What made her keyed up? See, I'm gonna
0: I'm trying to get you to help diagnose yourself or help yourself. So what was she thinking? Yes, I may not get my I may not get what I need to protect myself and therefore I could die of COVID and I, I'm unprotected, and the chances I could leave my family, like she started to worry. And um, she was fearful that she was gonna end up on a ventilator or dead, and she just didn't think that was okay. One morning in March, when she was between patients at the hospital, she developed a deep feeling of impending doom. Did somebody say that was one of the things that they feel? She began to hyperventilate. Does anybody know what that means? (laughs) Right? And she had this deep feeling. Her heart started to race. See how good you guys are? Almost think that you know somebody with this. (laughs) Her heart started to race, and she broke out in a sweat. Boy, you guys are really good, aren't you? Pressure began building in her chest, and she thought she was having a heart attack. Okay, what happens when you start feeling like that, and you start thinking, I'm having a heart attack? Actually, your body does one thing, but your brain gets it even higher. She said, I had this gripping sensation in my whole chest and throat area. It was as if a vice was squeezing me then I started to shake and I and literally to the core of my body so she asked to leave early from her job what is it then we when we have anxiety why is it that we want to leave Fight or flight flight, and we think that it's gonna be embarrassing we don't want it to happen in front of other people so we'd rather go and be somewhere else I'm just letting you know this because this is we're learning on somebody so she went to her car And she sat in the driver's seat, and she burst into tears. And um, she just kept sitting there thinking about it, but she couldn't really talk herself out of feeling better. And it took her quite a while before she could go home, and she finally did get to go home. And then what do you think happened? She was so tired. Why would she be tired? Did you know that anxiety makes you feel fatigued? Not only that, she kept thinking, I think that I'm going crazy. I must be going crazy. Something must be wrong with me. Did you know that another anxiety thing is that you feel like you're going crazy? So anyway, she had many more attacks since that day. She hasn't been able to go back to work. She um, is working on her panic attacks with somebody on the phone because she's afraid to see somebody in person. And you know, sometimes that can be effective. But one of the things that she says that has helped her because she's doing a lot less anxiety attacks is learning that even if she has an anxiety attack, that she's not dying. Did you hear me? Anxiety attacks make you feel like what? And then what happens? You don't die. Very good that you, it's very important for you to recognize that when you had an anxiety attack, that you didn't die but you felt like it, right? And if your brain keeps telling you that you might die, then it gets worse. And she said, when one comes now, I just try to take a deep breath and focus on something else and let it happen and let it take its course. I heard a doctor say, you know, just like the clouds that are up in the sky go from the left to the right, an anxiety attack is going to pass after a little while. Just like a fish floating in the tank, from left to right. <laughs> I thought he was trying to do hypnosis on us. This is like, like I was like falling asleep while he was talking. He's like, you know, you just let it pass, and everything's gonna be okay. And the truth is that that is true. That they are going to pass. Some people have them for a few seconds. Some people have them for a few hours. Some people have told me they've had them for a few days. I, that's really hard for me to understand, but. You know, whatever is their experience. So I'm going to tell you about another person. This is Kevin. He also let me know that I could tell about this. He doesn't live too far from here. When he was 10 years old, he was playing in Little League, and somebody hit the ball, and it hit his uncle in the head. His uncle got a head injury, smashed his head with that baseball, and his uncle got Rushed to the hospital, he had a contusion, but he didn't actually die or anything, and actually he recovered, but Kevin couldn't get that out of his head. He kept seeing that baseball hit his uncle. What is that called? PTSD, PTSD, which is another another word for, I mean, that's the initials, post-traumatic stress disorder. So he kept on seeing it that night in the bathtub when his heart started to race because he kept thinking about it, his body started to feel numb. By the way, that's another thing. Sometimes it can feel prickly and sometimes it can feel numb. And then he told his mom he didn't think he could breathe. That's a terrible feeling, isn't it? And what do you think he started to think when he couldn't breathe? He was going to die. And when he was thinking about how he was going to die, what do you think happened? He didn't die, but he felt like it. But as he continued to tell himself, I just might die, he started to get sicker and sicker. And he started going through a whole lot of therapists. There's a lot of people out there. They're really nice. Maybe they're not specialized in those areas. He started going to doctors and therapists, and they put him on a lot of anxiety medications. Anxiety medications, um, you know, there's sometimes reasons that you need to be on an anxiety medication, but that is one of those that most of them have some Major addictive behaviors. So, just so you know, that when you think about the way that you want to solve things, um, sometimes those are not the best way. There are many things to try first. The attacks didn't happen very often, so he learned to live with them. Did you hear that? He learned to live with them. The symptoms weren't always the same. He said, My heart starts pumping. Oh, he said the symptoms were always the same. My heart starts pumping like I'm running up Mount Everest. I feel like my body is going at the speed of light. I get pain in my arms and back. I feel dizzy and my mind is racing. He works as a crane operator at a steel mill. Now that would scare me. If he felt an attack coming on at work, his boss was good about him getting the whole day off because he was a really hard worker. He said he has other stressors in his life, like caring for a sister with Down syndrome. And after being um, diagnosed with some um, Parkinson's symptoms, which also gave him panic attacks, he started to realize that he needed to really get control of those. And so he worked with somebody who got him on what they call Lexapro. It's an antidepressant. He said that that really seemed to help him because it relaxed him. It is not addicting. But he said it helped him to feel a little less antsy. Remember the word antsy because we're going to talk about that tomorrow. Antsy.
1: Ants. We're going to talk about ants.
0: You know what ants are? Automatic negative thoughts, okay? So anyway, uh, he copes, he says, because he does a lot of prayer now. He doesn't drink caffeine. Caffeine really increases anxiety. And he gets emotional support from a Facebook group. Do you notice that somehow socialization seems to really improve when people understand? Isn't it nice when somebody understands? They get it? Yeah. You tell them, my cat died, and the person goes, really? And did you know that it's going to rain today? Yes. Like, But if they go, you know, I had a cat, and I loved my cat, and I understand what you're going through, it's a lot different. So um, this is really important. The other thing was that he always was fearful that he was going to have a heart attack, and so now he goes to a cardiologist every six months to make sure that his heart is okay so he can reassure himself it's not his heart. said it worked, and it seems to help him. And he doesn't jump to conclusions there, and it just seems to help him. So,
1: wouldn't you wonder why God gave us emotions? Why do you think? What would it be like if we couldn't love and nurture
0: and be with people and want to hug them? Like, wouldn't it be boring? But when anxiety starts to malfunction in our brain, what they're learning now is that a lot of people who have anxiety actually came by it, some of them came by it naturally. Some of you have genetics that set you up for anxiety. Isn't that wonderful? You have you have parents, you have relatives that actually had anxiety. Then some of you had a parent that was supervising you, or a guardian, who made you anxious and nervous because they were a worrier. They are like, what is going to happen? What's going to... Have you ever seen uh, well let's let's just face there's there's things that are different. Let's say that a father loses his job. The mother could say, "Oh no, what's going to happen to us?" I mean, you know, I we aren't going to have money to pay our bills and we aren't going to have any groceries and I just don't know what's going to happen to us. Maybe we'll have to all go to the poor farm. How do you think that kid'll cope? They are learning from the parent, right, to be in a panic. But then there might be the parent who says, you know, Dad lost his job. We're going to have to all be a little bit tighter on our money. But, you know, God is really good to us. He's taking care of us. We've been through other crises before, and he'll take care of us now. Um, God is still alive and on his throne. He's going to help us. That kid's going to cope a lot better, right? So there are parents who set kids up by their being overprotective or having poor coping skills that make things worse. Anxiety is also a malfunction of our limbic system, which is in our brain, and it sometimes will constantly react too fast. Maybe it's been conditioned to do that, but actually it just seems to be on. And then suddenly, even though there's mild things that shouldn't be an upsetting thing, all of a sudden it's overacting and it's constantly acting. So the other thing I wanted you to know is that Anxiety hits all ages. Many kids, it starts with them when they're younger now. It's getting younger and younger. And um, many people will get their first one in their teens. And some people will just get them one day when they're in their middle age. And so it's really odd. But usually it will continue. 65% of those who seek help for anxiety are women. And only 35% are men. Now, does that mean that men are not having anxiety? Women talk about things a lot more, feelings and thoughts, and men don't go and get help as often. So that could be why also, because there certainly are lots of people with panic and anxiety, male and female. And then um, let's see. they have actually seen that there are brains, when they scan them, that actually have, Um, This is evidently a Canadian slide because you can see the way they spelled behavioral. But they have found that there are brains that they can scan and they can actually pick them out and then find out if the person had anxiety because they can just see what happens to the brain. And so they actually see that there's an anxious brain. They said that... Um, there are lots of people who fear anxiety because they feel like they're bad Christians. Now, why would you think that somebody would feel like a bad Christian if they have anxiety? did you say did you hear what she said? Did you hear what she said? She said people have said to her, if you were a Christian, you wouldn't have those problems. Usually, the person who said that has never had those problems, right? okay, what were you saying? Actually, the Bible tells us to be anxious for nothing, and that is a really good thing to do, isn't it? Not. I'm like, however, it doesn't mean that I'm a good judge that I know what's going on in that person's life. So we need to be very cautious that we don't discourage people. People with anxiety and depression can get really discouraged by church members who preach to them about what they should not do. I'm just like, make sure that you recognize these people are suffering and they need help, right?
2: I'm going to have to repeat that.
0: So people who get cancer and have a medical problem, they that's socially acceptable, but mental health issues are not as socially acceptable. It's accepted that people can go help. And if they have a broken leg, you don't go just you don't need a cast, just walk on it and the Lord will heal it. They don't say that. Yeah, but they do say that about, you know, buck yourself up by your bootstraps and you know, just study the word and yeah, but I mean there's nothing wrong with doing those things but I'm just saying that it's almost kind of this uh arrogant type of way like you are not you know coming to where you need to be
1: so did I see a hand up
2: He said
0: 365 times not to fear 360 that's like for every every day. Yeah, that's what I'm like. Three hundred and sixty I'm like 360. I haven't heard that. So that is a good thing. And we are going to study that a little more. I just want you to know that's in the seminar because we're going to be studying these verses in time. Don't be anxious for anything, right? In time. Go ahead.
2: Oh, I was just going to say it really helped me to read that Jesus felt depressed. It really
0: helped her to feel to say that Jesus felt depressed in
2: mm-hmm. the
1: in the Garden of and Gethsemane, kind of the
2: that Satan, darkness
1: that Satan it, presses darkness
0: on God's chosen people.
2: If you understand like, the neurophysiology of the brain, if
0: you understand darkness, the neurophysiology of the brain, sorry, I don't want to be anxious
1: about it. but I want to make sure I got all this.
2: That darkness <laughs> is expected as a Christian. It's a temptation. It's okay. That darkness and when I is expected. That verse, Be anxious for nothing, mm-hmm. It's more of a promise and less of a command.
0: Amen. So we need. It is a promise and more than a command, isn't it? That's an interesting way to look at it. By the way, um, we're going to talk about how the Lord is going to help us with this. So we'll definitely get to that. So okay. So I thought this was really interesting. I'm gonna I have to be really cautious about my time and I gotta get moving because I have to keep repeating here. So they want me to make sure that I hold some of those things to the end if
1: I can. can if you have something short.
2: I was just gonna ask you, are you going to address the difference of the history, like over one? Because they have stresses and anxiety and very real stress of the way COVID
1: So
0: one of the questions she's asking is, are we going to have time to address the um, things of how people coped in the old days versus now how they're coping with their problems? And actually, it's a whole nother talk on Thursday about pot that I'm doing, and we will be talking about that coping skill and how people are coping with it these days versus in those days, okay? That's in there. But different topic, different day, same therapist. Okay. All right. Um, I, I thought I thought this was good. Having an anxiety disorder is like being stuck in that moment when you realize you lean back too far in your chair but haven't fallen yet, right? I just wanted to say we really need to recognize that, this, that anxiety is devastating to us physically. People who are chronically stressed have more inflammation. Inflammation causes more disease in our body damages their immune system. It lowers it. Um, sometimes conditions are present like attention deficit disorder. They actually go hand-in-hand hand with depression, anxiety, um, and, you know, like, like peanut butter and jelly, they go together. Type A personalities, the very driven ones, the ones who have the list, the ones who have to have things done yesterday, those are the ones who have more problems with this. The hippocampus, which is a part of your brain that helps you with memory, It has some shrinking problems when you have anxiety, and that's we we all need it not to be shrunk, let me just tell you that. Okay? It starts to misfire. They said back in the days, you know, when our relatives were out there and there was a bear that came after them, they had to have that fight or flight. But many times today, people are um, still running from a bear even when the bear isn't there anymore. How many of you are running from the bear Something a little bit you know small happens, like you drop your keys and you go, "Well, this is going to be a bad day," or you know somebody calls you on the phone, and they try to sell you some kind of insurance and you go, "This is going to be the worst day, or it's Friday 13th, and I've already had a bad day. I couldn't wake up this morning. It's like, "Really, you're up and you're moving, OK. So um, we often will start to think in a certain negative way. Here's what's going on when you are having a problem with anxiety. Your brain, by the way, when you are having anxiety and you have all this emotion, are you thinking rational? You know how pilots, have you ever heard of the flight recorders on airplanes? And they go, mayday, mayday, mayday. Have you heard of how dull and droll they are? because they can't get emotional because they won't be able to figure out what to do with their aircraft, because when people are emotional, they know that their logic goes. And so um, because your brain is so focused on the fight or flight, all of your logic goes. Your brain starts to dump numerous hormones into your blood. Your brain should calm down, but some people's brain is not calming down, so it might be a little bit off. And some of us, because of deadlines or problems, are just continuing to fight. One study said that if um, the stress doesn't just agitate you, the anxiety actually starts to break down your body little by little. So really, it is causing a huge problem. People, Can you have a problem with your teeth? Let's just talk about those. People have problems with their teeth, that have anxiety, what do they do? Grind them. TMJ issues. Have you ever seen people with their little jaw? You can see that little line going as they're clenching their teeth. Um, people who have immune systems that are lower, what could cause, what could be a problem with that? They get sick faster, like they have more respiratory, um, more respiratory problems. They have more flu bugs. And right now we're all worried about COVID. So yep, very important. So it's very important to find a physician and maybe even a counselor if you're needing to have some help in that area. But I want to tell you that um, one of the things we hope to do in here is to put on the brakes on anxiety by deciding when and how we're going to worry about a problem. So I'm going to move faster. On any given night, oh, another handout. It's on sleep. And any given night, do you know that one third of us are laying awake? And what is it that our brains are thinking about? Everything that's- Tomorrow I need to do this. I wonder if I'm going to forget to do this. You know, I shouldn't have said that to that person. Have you noticed how many things? And so we have a handout on that about how to help with some of that. And many times when you get up in the morning, guess what? You forget what you were thinking about, and you really worked on it so hard. Have you ever noticed that? Or when you get up in the morning, it's just not a big deal? It's because your chemicals were really rolling, and it helped you to get more keyed up about it. So we need to postpone when we're going to think about things, and that's what that handout is going to be again that you can get online should you need it. So here's a verse, and I think that there is power in just um, reading verses. So will you read this one with me? Do not be afraid. You are highly esteemed. Peace. Be strong now. Be strong. When he says you're highly esteemed, what does that mean? Favored precious, valuable, loved. What is a lot of our thinking about when we're anxious? I didn't do it right. I wonder if they thought I was stupid. I bet I didn't look very good. I probably made a fool of myself the way I acted. Have you noticed that? And really, if we check ourselves through God's eyes, we can look at this and go, I'm highly esteemed, right? Very important. Here's another one. It's it's a normal response, and we should recognize that that there are times when that anxiety helps us to get things done, but we can't have it going on a regular basis because when we do, now we're going to have some underlying health problems. Again, if you have, uh, well, I I think about this one lady. She had a a list she pulled out of her purse one time. She wanted me to know that her husband had really disappointed her, and she had written down all of the things that he had done throughout their marriage. (laughs) You know, how you've seen those cards where all the clowns come at them and they just keep coming? She just kept pulling those pages out. She had written down all the things that he had done. And I said to her, I was trying to say, you know, that's not really very forgiving to write down all of his sins over your 50-year marriage. And uh, she said, I know, I'm not very healthy. And I said, I bet bet you get headaches. Oh, yes, I get headaches. I said, I bet you get some kind of problems with your nerves. Oh, I got problems with my nerves. I'm like... Do you have any other medical concerns? Oh, yeah, she had diabetes and heart problems. I'm like, so writing all those things down, do you think that that helped you? She said, well, I have to keep, I have to keep track of those things so he knows that I know them.
2: <laughs>
0: so anyway, thyroid problems, respiratory problems, tumors. <laughs> but um, I want you to know that it is highly unlikely that you have a medical problem going on that's making your anxiety, but you do need to know that there are medical problems that can create anxiety but sometimes when you have anxiety you can create these problems electrolyte imbalances medication interactions they said that sometimes your body does not do well because of all that adrenaline and then there's addictive habits like drinking energy drinks and coping with substances that add problems anyway so there's all kinds of things that you need to be checked for when you're having an anxiety problem. So know that you should be always checking for a medical problem. You want to always figure out what it is. Okay. Also, um, there's, is there something on children? Maybe there isn't. Childhood anxiety. Yeah, childhood anxiety. Most children, I, I just want you to see another handout that you could get off of the Internet on MISDA.org, is that children seem to have a lot of anxiety, and sometimes we have to really figure out how to deal with them so we don't add to it. There's some people that take a hard line and it makes them more anxious, and there's some people that baby their kids and so they have a smaller life because they're fearful of everything. We really want to be able to deal with that, so that's important to know. I feel like there's just like five days in every one seminar that I want to tell you about. But anyhow, stress buildup. We need to also recognize that we need to say no at times. How many of you know how to say the word no? Could you say that? No. I'd like you to take 400 jobs at camp meeting. No. <laughs> How about 200? No. How about five? No. Well, then I want you to go to every meeting while you're here.
2: No.
0: <laughs> so many times people who have anxiety have a hard time saying no. And there are also people who set themselves up for anxiety because they're very passive and they let people rule them. You think that's ever a problem? They don't like to solve conflicts, and that can cause a big problem, too. So that is some of the personality that people have. Here's another thing that's negative about it is that um, I want to kind of go through this pretty fast. They can have weight gain or weight loss. They can have heart palpitations. They can have high blood pressure. They can also have mood swings. They can. It can lead to depression. It can also lead to unhealthy coping strategies. And we know that people like to cope with using alcohol and drugs, right? There's a lot of people who end up going to the ER. And why would you think that during a panic attack somebody would want to go to the ER? Can you figure it out? Because they think they're having a heart attack. Guess what the ER does? Lynn, you're at the ER. Do you ever have people that came in with anxiety attacks? And how many times did you tell them that there was an anxiety attack? You know what? They, They come into my office... And they're like, I think I have a heart problem, but they kept saying that I didn't have a heart problem and that everything checked out. And I go, so did they tell you that you had anxiety? And they said, no, they didn't tell me that, but I'm afraid I'm going to die. And I'm like, because isn't there something about where the ER, if they say that they have an anxiety attack, it picks them up for some kind of liability because then it would seem that they did not do what they needed to do because they just poo-pooed it and thought it was an anxiety attack. So many times, people aren't always told that everything else checked out, and so it could be that you're having some underlying anxiety. Would that be true? Okay, I have an ER doctor in the family, and that's what he said. It's a liability thing. We never tell them that they're having an anxiety attack. We just hope that they're going to figure that out. And so that terrifies them because they think there's something that's left undone, and I don't know what's going on. Okay? Some of people have GI problems. Some have difficulty controlling their worry. Some people have low motivation. By the way, kids who have failing grades often have anxiety, um, low motivation, easily startled. You ever had people who you walk in and they go, right? Like yeah, they're just keyed up, right? Some people are adrenaline junkies and they love things that stimulate them and make them scared. Have you ever noticed that? They watch scary movies and they like they're firemen. Like if if I was a fire person, I'd be running from the fire, not to the fire. So I'm glad I'm not one of those. Yeah, um, they lack confidence, etc. There's all kinds of things, so they get embarrassed. I'm gonna keep moving here. Avoiding situations of people, trouble sleeping. Okay, you got all of that. Oh, did you want to see that one? That one's cute. This one's of a picture of a dog avoidance, and peer are teammates. It really does cause a lot of havoc on our lives. There are many different kinds of anxiety disorders, and one of those is specific phobias. Can you think of things people are afraid of? Agoraphobia is being fearful of getting out and about other
1: people. Anything else? What was that?
2: Hi.
1: Okay, oh yes, heights, spiders.
0: Cortisol runs in your body and it can help you, I mean, it can help you with your blood sugar levels and your regulating your metabolism, but when there's too much dumped on you, it can cause all kinds of other problems. So what I want to get to is that we got to do some practice. Didn't I tell you that you were going to work really hard? Yeah, okay. So this is, um, would you be so kind to pass these out? These are actually things that people get to keep. See, I was tempting you with things that you get to look at. Now you get to keep these, okay? So would you pass those out on this side? These are techniques that have been proved, and they are proven techniques. There's research behind them that they can help you to decrease your anxiety and so I want to um, look at these really fast and I would like is there four of you that plan to be back here tomorrow is there four of you okay oh I got them right here in the row one two three four when you look at this would you specifically work on one of those techniques and report to us tomorrow about one of the ones
1: that you chose would that be okay about how it made you feel okay So, by the way, there's 32
0: techniques, and how many sessions are there on anxiety this week? Three. So you know we're not going to get all through them, right? So you're going to read those, even though there's so many of them, right? Because everybody has special things that they like, and other people don't. I also want to tell you that um, Dr. Daniel Amen talks about how important it is to have a healthy diet, because people who are eating a lot of fast food items, People who are eating a lot of things with colors and chemicals seem to have more issues along that. He talks about blood flow in the brain is very impacted by what we eat. But I want you to read this quote with me. Are you all with us? Are you out? We're short? No, we have a hundred of them. Oh, maybe I should give you all of them. (laughs)
2: <laughs> you
0: guys
1: are just trying to create anxiety for me. Yeah. Here's some more. Okay, hey, Mrs.
0: White talked about breathing. Now, I know that many of you are hearing about yoga and New Age and meditation and all that, but I want you to know that this Mrs. White talked about this in the 1800s, about how important breathing was. And this is probably... This is probably one of the most significant things that my clients tell me helps them. And so I wanted to make sure that we go through this. And I'd like you to read this quote with me, okay? We're going to read it fast. You ready? In order to have good blood, we must breathe well. Full, deep inspirations of pure air, which fill the lung with oxygen, purify the blood, a life giving current to every part of the body. How many parts of the body? A good respiration soothes the nerves. Wait, wait, what does it do? Susan, did you get that? She you know, New Age thought they had such a great idea. Like she was on it. Soothes the nerves and it induces sound, refreshing sleep. How many of you would like to sleep better? I shouldn't complain, but I'm in an R V and it's just not comfortable. Okay. <laughs> superficial, superficial breathing soon becomes a habit, and the lungs lose power to expand by the way when you're anxious you actually do very shallow breathing kinda like a dog and you do this and actually there are some researchers that are saying that because we do such shallow breathing that our air exchange is poor and it actually makes our esophagus do a little spasm and that's when we get our panic attack yeah like the hyperventilating stuff we're gonna go to the next slide we're gonna continue to read here okay Thus, an insufficient supply of oxygen is received. Gloom settles upon the spirits. What, what, what settles on your spirits? Does anybody want to be gloomy? The whole system becomes depressed and inactive and peculiarly susceptible to disease. Did you get the feeling if you aren't breathing well and you're having anxiety that you start to get susceptible to disease? The lungs are constantly throwing off impurities And they need to be constantly supplied with fresh air. So when we are anxious, we again, I already told you, we breathe in short times. This is very important. So here we're, am I moving you fast? All right. So one of my favorite things is 747. I'm going to go to that. I don't know, with COVID, should I be doing a breathing exercise? How about if you close your mouth as much as possible? Yeah, maybe you could even put your blouse on, with it. okay, or your shirt. But you should sit really comfortably. You know, Mrs. White talked about good posture many times. That when we are are bent over, we're not opening our lungs. We don't think about these things. And she's and and one of the exercises that um, people say is a really good one is the 747. Anybody remember that airplane? Mickey would. Yep. 747. So we're going to breathe in to the count of seven. If you can, you're going to hold it to the count of four and you're going to exhale to the count of seven. Now, in COVID, I don't want any of you going, "Ah." okay? None of that, okay? All right? Sign your mark. Get set. Go. Inhale. Hold it. One, two, three, four. Exhale. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Now, what they found when they look at brains and they do scans, that your brain thinks that when you're breathing like this, that you're relaxing, and it actually calms the limbic system down. This is not something to do just once in a while. Actually, some people say do it three times in a succession, and other people say do it ten times in a succession. How many of you ladies have gone through Lamas? Why do they teach you Lamas? Calms the body, gives you a lot of oxygen, helps to decrease the pain. Wouldn't that be good for anxiety? So men, yes, you're doing Lamaze. No, I'm kidding.
2: <laughs>
0: Another thing I wanted to tell you about is, um, now I work with Jennifer Schwartzer. Um, she's often on 3ABN, talking as the mental health guide. And she felt that this was really important. She found out that there was a lot of Adventist musicians that are out of work because they used to do concerts, but during the COVID season, they're really struggling. Some of them are you know, handicapped and they sing and they're blind or whatever. They just can't do any concerts at this time. And so what she did is ask them if they would sing really soothing music, and she does some breathing exercises with you. So if you have an interest and you want to do more of these, people have told me that's really soothing. They've gone to JesusMeditations.org and downloaded some of those, and that's just if you have an interest but it is very important. So, that was an easy exercise. How many of you will promise to do 10 of those before we return tomorrow? Okay, that'll be really good. Here's another method that's supposed to calm us down. Most of us do close work with our computer, and so they found that when people stare off into the distance, look at the trees, the clouds, the scars, whatever it is that you're gonna see, that then when you go back to your desk to do your work, that you've had a little bit of a cha- change, and so that you're able to feel fresher. Isn't that interesting? That's a pretty fast one. Another one is listening to soothing music. Sarah Enterman. How many of you have heard her sing-alongs? I see it's 3.15. i got to get going. 3.15. So, yes, yeah, Sarah Enterman. Um she has two ends on the end. If you ever go on, on YouTube, you would love it. She does a sing-along every Friday. They have a new sing-along from Brisbane, Australia, and people love it. And I was really anxious about something that happened just recently. I put her music on, and I was really soothed, so I enjoyed it. Wow, time went really fast. I did not get through all my material. I rehearsed this really for um, quite a while, and, and it always was right on. 55 minutes, but today it wasn't. So, anyways, I thank you for all coming. I hope you understand that um, I'm going to be running to my next seminar. But I hope that I see you tomorrow. We're going to be talking about how um, Bible verses can help us and how um, they're gonna, we're going to be practicing many more skills. So please come back tomorrow, and you're going to have more tools to work with anxiety. To listen to more of these presentations, you may visit the audio archives at misda.org audio 2021
1: or search for Michigan Conference Camp Meeting wherever you get your podcast.